Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays. And I am really thrilled to welcome back a good friend uh, to the show, Arash Madani. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. How are you, sir? My man, it is good to see you again. It has been too long, Steve, and it must be that time. Yes, it's baseball season, so it's great to chop it up with you. Before we start, and for those who are just listening to the audio, just describe what you're wearing today for them. Well, I wore my Sunday vest on a Wednesday, uh, which we're taping this. Uh, amazingly, this still fits. I covered uh-huh. London 2012, the Olympics in your neck of the woods, now unbelievably 11 years ago. I know, so I'm rocking a London 2012 uh, beach volleyball t-shirt that, uh, that I bought on site. Way Very back nice. When. I think that was... At Buckingham Palace, if memory, if memory I, serves. I was going to say Horse Guards Parade. I thought they did the volleyball in, if yeah. I remember. But so, some, it's certainly certainly in the city centre of London. It was an yeah. incredible setup and scene uh, for the yeah. beach volleyball. Uh, I, I always tell people, Steve, two of the things as a sports fan, this is before this year, by the way, two of the things as a sports fan, if you can ever get the opportunity to witness live, I'm getting my the hair on my uh, arms is just raising thinking about it. Yeah. The first time I ever got to Wimbledon, the right. Owen Wimbledon, was at London 2012. They played the tennis there. They did, yeah. And I swear the grass sparkled in the sun. It was it was that lovely. And the first time I ever watched a four by one hundred meter track relay was at London 2012, where Usain Bolt was not an athlete. He was a video game character. Um, and I always liked it because of, you know, what I'm I'm so lucky to do for a living. I get to experience these things. I know we're going to talk baseball. I now would recommend to any sports fan to go to the World Baseball Classic. And I was, I was on this before Otani versus Trout. You know that. I you and I were texting about it. It's we one of the great experiences as a fan as a as somebody who loves sports that you could have yeah i mean yeah let's just tell off on the olympics i think certainly uh from 2012 my recollections um we lived at that point in time in, in a place called weymouth uh, okay which, ho- which hosted all the sailing event- events so we- weymouth's got a lovely sandy beach and they put the big screen up on the beach and i remember watching you know andy murray winning his gold medal sitting on the beach, watching it on the big screen uh, on a glorious sunny day. Remember standing out on the rocks on the day that Ben Ainsley got his gold medal in the sailing. Yes. as just extraordinary scenes. And I think you're absolutely right. If you can ever get the opportunity to go to any one of these sort of major events and with Paris just around the corner, uh, you know, across the channel for us next year, big opportunity for people to go and go and see the Olympics. Ma- amazing yeah. sport. But we're not here for the Olympics, as you say. We're here for your thoughts um, on what was an incredible World Baseball Classic. Um, Just give, as a sort of opening question, just give me your your best moments of why we should go and watch this event. It's a great question. And I almost, 
it's a great segue actually from the Olympics because I think that there are a lot of people who follow professional sports who get so into what it means for their specific team that it's such a different vibe when you're representing your country. Playing for club is one thing. Playing for country is an altogether different dynamic. And a few things were really interesting to me. One is that, like, Freddie Freeman is not Canadian. <laughs> he was born in California, raised in California, uh, has lived his entire life in the United States, has only been to Canada basically for work. But as a tribute to his mom, he played for Canada. And the week before the tournament, Steve, I did... Freddie was gracious enough to give us 20, 25 minutes of his time. And we did a sit-down interview with him. He told us a story of his why. And when we finished, he kind of sat back in his seat and he looked at me, Steve, and he said, I just want to beat Team USA so bad. Ah. The players fully, fully are on board with this with the team with to win and it's not 162 it's not a best of seven it is a one game all-in deal and I thought it was really interesting how much of a leadership role for instance Tyler O'Neill took for Team Canada and how much of a that he understood there are so many young guys around here I gotta show them the way and for some of the young guys and I'm using Canada as an example but I think it was the same in a lot of different clubhouses for a lot of the young guys, what an eye-opening experience it was to go through something like that and to get the heartbeat, that is way more of a heartbeat than any regular season game, pennant race notwithstanding. So it, it, it was a big eye-opener. And then you see the crowds in Japan and you see the passion of the fans in the stadiums and the drums and the horns and how badly these players wanted um uh, it it was really awesome i would imagine for a general manager it, it's it's a nightmare uh you know releasing your players in the middle of spring training uh, and i think it's your one of your colleagues jeff blair he often talks about nothing good comes out of spring training uh, just because it's always an opportunity for injuries and bits and pieces how much more nervous will you know major league teams be about sending some of their key players into an event like this where they they're clearly going to play harder than they will in a spring training game it's it's got more on the line is is that a See, real concern i think it's short-sighted thinking altogether okay for a number of reasons one don't you want your players getting more of a taste of a high intensity playoff type environment to make them better prepared for bigger moments at the end of the season and in October. One. Two, how often have we heard athletes, coaches, medical people say, it's really when players aren't going full steam that injuries occur. Um, I think pitching is one thing. I think position players is altogether different. Look, O'Neill told me, this gets me better prepared for the season than anything on a backfield that I'm going to do over at spring. Steve, to me, I think a lot of this is about control. Teams want control of the players, of the environment, of they believe that their process and system is 
is tailored for the best way, freak injuries can happen. You cannot tell me that a player cannot be hit by a pitch in a spring training game and break his finger. You cannot tell me that a hamstring injury can't happen in a spring training game while swinging. And those were among the injuries that happened in this tournament. Uh, guess what else? This, name me one negative that came out of this WBC other than a couple of injuries. Think of what this did for baseball. Think of what this did for the greater good. Think of what this did for your team. Now, you know, know. there's more attention on, on the sport. So they're so caught up in the tunnel vision but yeah. sometimes they don't see the forest beyond the trees. Yeah. I mean, it clearly is an event that, that the fans love watching. Um, I know some of the crowds were, were lower, perhaps in, in Phoenix, where you were, than they were down in Japan. Uh, that's understandable. Not for USA, Mexico, they were. Well, that's true. That is true. But I think for an event, for, for particularly for nations like, you know, GB Baseball, it was a it was a stage that they've never been on. I mean, just remind ourselves of how they how they got there. So when Drew Spencer came in to to manage them in 2019, they were ninth in the Euros, the European Championships that year. In 2021, they were sixth. When they went into the the final qualifying tournament of six teams, they were ranked fifth out of those six teams and yet they managed to get past France they managed to get past Germany and then had that all important crazy game against Spain where they were 4-0 down they were 5-1 down they were 8-3 down they were 9-6 down eventually our boy Jaden Rudd scores the all important homer to bring it back to 9-9 and they eventually win it win it 10-9 to go to the World Baseball Classic for the first time what was that like watching, you know, I mean, it was it was mad here in terms of, you know, the coverage and the excitement, particularly amongst baseball fans. But I think certainly in terms of coverage in the general press as well, that got good, good coverage. What was it like from your side watching a real minnow playing some of these big teams? So I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast. <laughs> I'm not. I'll pay you later. Right. Um <laughs> Look, the story of the World Baseball Classic was Otani versus Trout. Sure. Special shelf of its own in baseball history. Really. I thought it was incredible that as we as I was watching it, I thought to myself, you know, in the lead up to the ninth inning, I'm like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is one of those seismic moments in sports history. Appreciate it. Savor it. Realize how unique and wonderful this is. And there were so many other great stories that came through there. The passion of the Dominicans, the upset nature of the Puerto Ricans, the crowds in Japan, how the Randy Arena show with Mexico just seemed like it was never going to stop. Uh, American players coming out and saying, this is the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. <laughs> I get all of, like, it, it, yes. But Steve, I'm telling you, man, I am Dead serious, I am telling you, to me, the story that I will never forget is Team GB from that, from that World Baseball Classic. Because, you know, here we are in March, March Madness on this side of the pond. Farley Dickinson University that should not have even been in the dance as, you know, 
they didn't even win their conference, gets in and beats number one seed Purdue. It's not just that we love Cinderella and part of, you know, it's, it's what Spencer has kind of done with that program and the stories and the players on that team. And when you upset Columbia, I asked Drew in the press conference after, I said, what is the impact of this win going to mean for baseball in Great Britain? And he said, one day there will be a big leaguer because they will watch this and they will see this and they will believe that this can be them. And I just thought that was so wonderful in terms of growing the game and making it more global. And that kid, whoever that kid may be, is going to maybe get to one of the Major League Baseball games on your side of the pond and see it and touch it and feel it. And, you know, you sent me a couple of videos of some of those schools and the kids saying Sir Harry Ford and, you know, being yeah. All that stuff is just so wonderful and cool and organic and real and so outside of what, North American professional baseball is really what global professional baseball is because the little kid that could the, you know, the putt putt engine at the back of, of the, of the train had its moment in the sun. And it was, damn it. If only you guys could have beaten Mexico. I, um, so that would have put Canada through and you know, we would have been on to Miami. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll talk about Canada in a minute, but uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the coverage, uh, I'd big shout out to, good friend of mine daniel woodrow who's the head teacher at st gregory primary school where that clip came from and uh he he's he's promoting the jays and he's promoting baseball brilliantly amongst his school and it's getting some good attention which is lovely to see but i think you know it does capture um the the joy of the game and i think i thought what you know with the jays sort of dropping the home run jacket and all that sort of stuff it was lovely actually seeing how you know Great Britain baseball have embraced the whole celebratory moment of a home run. And, you know, you get sort of wonder whether that was ever actually going to happen in the event, but really from the get go in the first game, it was, I think I, I think I messaged you and I said, you know, what's happening, you know, we're up um, extraordinary moments, but that there were, you know, some standout moments weren't there in terms of some of the GB players and just played out their socks. Just played out of their socks. And I never I never understood why um, this was the first World Baseball Classic I covered and have experienced. And I was always like, when Romano, when Jordan Romano said, yeah, look, if I play, I'm just going to be for Italy because they gave me my chance to do this, et cetera. Um, I'm like, really, man? Because you're from here and, you know, you... You've represented Canada too. And Bo has said, yeah, Brazil gave me my per I almost think that like, if if anything becomes of Harry Ford in the big leagues, if anything becomes of our favorite Blue Jays prospect in the big leagues, I hope they play for Team Great Britain down the road in the WBC. Because it's really cool. Like the, the first day we were there for workout day, I was there with... <laughs> My colleague Shai Davidi, who's also a friend of the show. And we look over, we're like, man, there's Rowdy Telez in a Mexico uniform. So we go over and chat with Rowdy for a little bit. And I just love the idea that the players are loyal to the countries that gave them their shot. And if for, a, for an event like this, 
Now, I say that as a Canadian citizen, um, but I understand now why Romano said what he did. I don't know what he's going to do down the road, um, but I but I now get a better understanding because when when Team Great Britain lost to Mexico, the look on the faces of those players, Steve, I don't know what your thoughts were, but it just they were so sad that the journey was over because they felt they were just part of something so special and unique. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a, a moment. And, you know, as you look back at the results, you think the 6-2 loss to the States opening up, actually, in context now, was an amazing result against Team USA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your guys absolutely butchered us, 18-8. Um, yeah, mercy rule was, was applied. Then, obviously, we got the, the 6-3 win against Colombia. And, and then just such a close game against Mexico. And, and I think for me, the... the encouragement was you know seeing some of these teams that we we lost to obviously going well into the tournament and i think our guys were so rank outsiders i mean you know it's the part-time painters milkmen you know plumbers whatever it's equivalent of in baseball world that you know yeah i, was, I mean remember uh, remember the preliminaries yeah the czech republic throw out a five foot eight electrician and he struck out otani steve Wow, we love it. It's like the FA right. Cup, but in baseball. Um, sure. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think from here, let, let's, let's, I mean, let's have a reality check. Baseball is never going to become, you know, a major sport. I think in the in the British culture, of course, you know, it, it, that's just, you know, I think can be said. But it definitely has its place. I think something like four thousand people across the UK now play in a baseball team. So, you know, it's a growing sport. You know, they're doing well in terms of the international series, bringing major league teams across here to the UK. Um, I think amongst my friends... Steve, Steve, what if, what if three years from now, there's 12,000 people who play baseball? Yeah. Right? Like, nobody's saying this is going to overtake football or tennis or cricket or whatever. It's not. But I'm old enough to remember being at the Rio 2016 Olympics... When Canada medaled in women's rugby, we are not a rugby nation either. Yeah. But you grow it and it's and it's good for the game. And it's sure. it's it's good for everybody and everything to to branch out and see what it's all about. Well, you think about the excitement of the Canadian soccer team getting through to the World Cup. Uh, sure. that was that was a big moment, wasn't it, for your nation that they were excited about what they were gonna do and, and how they were gonna play. Amen. And you're you're suddenly exposed in a way to a audience that, you know, nobody was ever going to look at GB baseball before, but now, yeah, you know, we're we're we've got our our place at the table, and not only this year, but we've also qualified, thankfully, automatically for the 2026 um, tournament, uh, which I think is an amazing achievement for them. I'm just, you know, I was absolutely cockahoot about the whole thing. Um, and yeah, as you say, Harry Ford. We tip our hat to him. Uh, he well deserved. You keep your crown, not your hat. Oh, my crown. crown. Yes, my crown. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, the royal robe. Um, yeah, br- brilliant performance by him. Uh, Jaden Rudd. Obviously, let's just just touch on him. Our only Blue Jays connection in there. Actually, born here in the UK. So nice story mm-hmm. with him. Uh, and I, I think Buck said on one of the broadcasts that he didn't know about him as a player, but just was impressed by him. Uh, what was your take on on Jaden? 
it felt like you're watching the makings of somebody who's going to be around baseball for a little while. I, I applaud those who can go watch potential prospects, um, the talent evaluators, the talent identifiers. You know, some you just see and you're like, wow, you know, they're special. And some you just wonder what they can be and how do you project. Um, this is a kid who, who I think is going to be a little around for a little while. And, you know, you just never know with injuries and trajectory and, and, and the rest of it. But, Steve, I don't know about you. He did not look at a place at all. No. He got some important contributions through the games. Sure. Uh, as, as and we... the moment wasn't too big for him. Yeah. Um, in Canada, we have an expression when it comes to hockey about some players, when they get nervous, they squeeze the stick too hard. Right. Um, none of that was really happening either with him. No. No, brilliant to see. Uh, your thoughts on Team Canada, uh, their performance? I would, I would just look at the results. They lost 10 3 to Mexico, uh, won 5 0 against Colombia, um, lost to the States. Right out of the gym by the Americans, yeah. Yeah, and um, obviously uh, beat us handsomely. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get through. Was that a surprise to you, or were you thought that was about right? No, I thought that was about right. They had a chance against Mexico, 3-2 in the fifth inning, and a winner move on. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Randy Rosarena did Randy Rosarena things. But you have single-A and double-A pitchers of the bullpen. You know, there are really only two major league pitchers mm. with Cal Quantrill and Matt Brash, and Quantrill could only start one game for them. Um, if you're a Canadian fan, I think you're really encouraged by what you have coming up. There's a real pipeline. There were some single-A, double-A pitchers there that really impressed me. Yeah. Uh, Steve, if I'm buying stock in one Canadian player, he was in double-A with the Twins last year. His name's Edward Julian. He's 23 years old. He's from Quebec City. And this kid has it. Paul Pierce, who was with the Brooklyn Nets, came into Toronto, hits a clutch shot at the buzzer in a playoff game. He said, I have it. You can't buy it at CBS. You can't buy it at Walgreens. Uh, Edward Julian has that too. The way he goes about it, that this was a big, this was a real important tournament for him to yeah. understand who and what he is, and that he can ball. And um, you know, the Naylor brothers are there, and Abraham Toro's in the mix, and there, there's some really good bullpen options for them coming up and starting pitching. Perhaps um, we'll see what happens with Noah Skiro, who's in the uh, Phillies organization. I really liked what I saw from him. Let's see how yeah. he develops over the next two, three years. Uh, you know, but they need everybody. They need everybody. And um, although I'll tell you what, an extra three or four guys would have helped. Not everybody, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Key moments uh, always, because I, I think on a couple of games, they put some quite young players out in what were quite critical plays and came up a little bit wanting. Um, and I always wonder how much of a, pressure cooker moment that is for a young player whether that's a good thing and just teaches them actually resilience in that moment or whether sometimes it's just a step too far too soon and that can have a detrimental effect yeah i don't think so not in a tournament like this maybe in the big leagues where you get swallowed up yeah um, i i don't 
I honestly don't see any detriment to any of this. This does not hamper your development. This is a great eye-opener. Sure. And the other thing is, Steve, and this I think this is really important. I can't speak for the other teams. Dudes on Team Canada, like Tyler O'Neill and Freddie Freeman, took it upon themselves to be a sounding board, to offer advice, to help. Nobody was competing against one another here. There was, there was no, nobody's fighting for a job here. And, you know, it is, let's do this together. Like this is, you know, and it's almost like high school and college. And I just think that there is such a, it's more of an opportunity than a hindrance at any, um, at any stage. Yeah. In terms of the rest of the tournament, just as we tail out on this, uh, there were some extraordinary games. Um, obviously, we mentioned the Mexico-Puerto Rico, the Japan-Mexico game, um, the USA-Japan game. You know, they've all got great, great moments. The overall, I think the the, the statistics on the viewing figures for the, the final was something, I think off the top of my head, it was something like 65 million. I saw something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is apparently way over above any World Series final mm-hmm. series has ever had. I mean, right. so that tells you something about how popular the tournament is. Out, out of those games, and um, we mentioned obviously what happened with um, Atani and Trout. I, I, it just just felt like all the stars aligned for that for that tournament, and yeah, some great great memories. Like if you if you were in a planning meeting, if you were to throw your dream scenario up on the wall. Otani versus Trout in the ninth inning in a one-run ball game with a world championship hanging in the balance. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What, what do you reckon the team dynamics are going to be like back in the Angels clubhouse after that event? Well, who owes who dinner? Does <laughs> Trout buy Otani dinner or does Otani buy Trout dinner? Because yeah. Trout's got to be the one who comes over to him in the clubhouse and sits down and is like, man, that pitch started at third base and ended up in our dugout like are you kidding me that's when you threw me a three two like trout's got to be the icebreaker and i'm sure he was um man what what a moment what What a moment moment. how and how was it received in canada did 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 you get a sense in the terms of the nation once team canada was out that they weren't so invested in what happened what, what's the culture like? i felt the tournament just grew and had more of a build-up as the days went on as each day went on the story became bigger and bigger and bigger and then that night as the game unfolded you know on social media more people are talking and then the eighth inning yeah. it was the realization of this is happening yeah and the final did a really good number i saw i saw what it was it was a it was a very solid um rating number so people were into it Amazing. Lovely. Lots of memories. Uh, we will reflect on, I'm sure, for many weeks and months to go. It would be rude not to just dip in very quickly before we let you go. Uh, we are literally a day away from the opening day of the 2023 yes. season. Uh, really excited about what's looking like uh, going to be a positive year, real spring, positive spring training for the Jays. No major calamities coming out of spring training, which is, a, which is amazing. Uh, Kukuchu looks like, you know, he's the Cy Young winner. Right. Um, already. Uh, so, uh, you know, lo- lots of things exciting. 
uh, just just give us your thoughts, particularly maybe around the pitching, um, how the Jays are looking for our opening day and uh, the sort of roster as we move forward. So I, I remember late last season after one of the Manoas, one of the incredible Manoa starts, you lose track of which one. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, man, this guy is, is beast. He's pass rusher. He is conductor. He is face of the franchise. He is leader. He is heartbeat. And he's a he's a baller. And you know, they always wonder sophomore janks or blah blah blah. Is there a drop off? I think I think Manoa's taking it to an even bigger level. I I would not be surprised to see him pick up where he left off, so to speak. The most intriguing pitcher to me in this rotation, and I mean, it's it's a weird one to say for a dude making over $100 million with a track record, is Kevin Gosman. Hmm. Because the last I saw Steve, I think about a month ago, he was 20 to 1 to win the Cy Young, and I think now he's like 16 to 1 to win the Cy Young. He is, if not the best, right there as the second best pitcher on a championship contending team. A dude who's been through full major league seasons for many years. Um, led the AL in FIP last year, and he believes he can be better. Remember, for a month, six weeks, eight weeks, he was dealing with a really bad ankle last year. So you got to think he's going to be better. Uh, didn't give up an earned run the entire spring. And I think kind of lost in the conversation of baseball in the lead up to this season is because of the new scheduling, it's fewer AL East opponents. So less Aaron Judge and less familiarity with the splitter. So tell you what, man, at 16 to 1, there was what, 10 or 11 guys ahead of him um, in AL Cy Young Award uh, conversation. Can you name 10 or 11 starters better than Kevin Gosman right now? Um, I can't. So I think that uh, if he stays healthy as a 1-2, Manoa Gosman are going to be awesome. Yeah. You feel Manoa is the right choice for opening day? Yeah. 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 That was a great he, moment, wasn't it? Watching in on how they announced it. Schneider's I office. Love, I, yeah. That was lovely. And you know it meant a lot to him, too. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I don't think anybody was surprised by it. I've asked a lot of people who who they think the opening day starter would be, and I would say the vast majority of people, I think Jay's fans have fallen in love with the guy, uh, and he's just uh, worthy of that opportunity. Do you think, I, I know it's a sort of like a 10-day road trip before the home opener. Do you think they're going to try and just manufacture him being able to do the start for the home opener as well? I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of not around there, so I, I haven't really gotten a sense of what that what that can no. be. Uh, Manoa will get his time. He'll get yeah. his flowers. Yeah, uh, I think totally. he'd love it, but there are bigger aspirations. I, I yeah, sure. I know this is easy to say, and it sounds like cliche and hyperbole and all those kinds of things. I think uh, I think the way they lost last year may be the best thing that could happen to them this season. Mm. There's a lot of learning there, and going That's back to kind of tie the conversation together i think that there's no there's nothing like october 
There's nothing to prepare yourself for October. But the closest thing outside of a outside of September, October in the big leagues that I've seen in all my years, honestly, metal rounds the WBC. Yeah. Brilliant. So you just gotta go through it to understand what it is. Yeah. And those guys got a real indoctrination into what it is. Totally. Arash. I can't thank you enough for your time. I uh, love always catching up with you. It's, it's been a real joy. I love your insight. I love what you bring to us. And I'd love to invite you back. Perhaps we could do something a little bit later in the season and just sort of catch up and see how, how the land lies. But really appreciate your time. And I know I've, I've mucked you around a bit in terms of just trying to get the date because of all sorts of things happening at home base here. But uh, thank you so much for being flexible. Always good, Steve. And uh, let's tip our crown to Harry Ford. Indeed, sir. We'll catch you soon. See you, bud. The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.